power on. Now entering the gaming grid. The latest gaming news, reviews, and retro culture, as only the man of tomorrow can deliver. And here is your host, Brian Sovereign. Is it getting hot in here or what? I almost opened up the show with the song Heat Wave. But let me tell you who's on a heat wave. <laughs> who's been on a heat wave, if you want to call it that, uh, as in getting people hot and bothered for many years now. Uh, of course, I would argue really since, you know, 1985. But <laughs> that would be none other than Nintendo. Uh, and they... Well, we just had E3 and E3 ran throughout the bulk of, well, what did it go? The 12th to the 15th, June, 2021. It was an all online event, more or less. Uh, and you know, a lot of people were saying, and I can understand why, uh, a lot of people were talking about how, wow, what a really weak E3 um, obviously there are a lot of things behind this. We'll talk about some of that. Uh, but the, aside from maybe Microsoft, but I want to talk about that too. Aside from Microsoft, uh, the company that really saved E3 that as in that had actual like groundbreaking announcements. And not only that, and this will be the key part announcements of games or developments that were going to go live in 2021 that we weren't going to have to wait until 2022, which was the truth for most other, um, you know, most other presenters uh, during E3. But Nintendo was really on a tear here. Uh, and definitely, and I mean, in my opinion, it's really the only thing worth talking about right now, as far as uh, event review of E3. And it's funny because really, I think Nintendo, it's almost a kindness, right? Because Nintendo doesn't have to be a part of E3. There was a time where you could argue that they needed to be there. Uh, I would say during like the N64 and the GameCube days, they needed to be there. But now Nintendo's at such a point. And because, you know, due to the internet and streaming and everything else, you know, you can really bring in your, your audience, bring in your base, with very little cost, ultimately, you know, just pop it on YouTube. These, what used to be what you would call trade show events, I mean, are, are kind of meaningless anyway, but even more so for Nintendo, because all that has to happen is Nintendo just has to announce that they're going to do what they call a Nintendo direct, which is where they do their own little show. And they do these multiple times a year and they'll do directs that, I mean, have different themes, right? The one will be about indie games. Another will be about Pokemon or whatever, you know, they want to do it. And I mean, the internet's just on fire. I mean, you can just, you can go on Twitter and you can see what's trending. And if Nintendo announced something, it's what's trending on Twitter. Minus maybe Apple. I don't think there's, I, I can rarely think of the company that can command, uh, you know, that kind of presence online and that kind of action online, uh, you know, with <laughs> really just a whisper. Um, and I've often compared uh, Apple and Nintendo. I've often said that I feel like Nintendo is really, they're what Apple really wants to be, right? They're what Apple tries to be. I mean, there was a time when Apple was innovative. I'm not going to say that they weren't, that those times are long past. Um, and, and not, not that that's even necessarily a bad thing. I mean, yeah, I rip on them. I'm not ripping. When I say Apple isn't innovative anymore, I'm actually not ripping on Apple. I'm ripping on Apple fans when I say that. Because like I've talked about on Sovereign Tech many times, like a lot of computers are really like we've gotten to the point of, OK, this is what computers are meant to do. And, you know, not that we're like at peak computer necessarily, but the point being is that, yeah, there is a point where, OK, we don't need to innovate past the laptop necessarily. Right. <laughs> so and the smartphones shit. Uh, so 
I don't expect Apple to innovate, but you know, a lot of the Apple fan base is constantly inundating everybody else with, Oh wow. Look at what Apple came out with. And all this. when it's, it's really not that exciting. Uh, Nintendo is the better in that they really do innovate. Um, and granted they're able to innovate because they are in the business ultimately of art. Yes. It's games. Yes. It's fun. It's happiness, but it's ultimately about art as to where, you know, Apple is trying to get into a lot of other spaces that do other things, basically, you know, about getting business done instead of uh, engaging in that, which brings you joy. Though they certainly don't mind wanting to do that. They just fail. I mean, look at most Apple plus series that come out, but anyway, they're just, they're not all right. Great. You know, whatever software, you know, iMovie or I don't know, Photoshop or whatever that you want to run on your Mac. Uh, that's awesome that that helps you, you know, create art. Uh, but it's, it's not necessarily about experiencing art where that's more where Nintendo comes in uh, Nintendo does continually innovate. Nintendo does risk Nintendo that really they do. Um, I mean, you can just look at the company's history and you can see the failures that were failures because frankly, I think they were just way too ahead of their time. And while Nintendo has started to branch out over the, the past couple of years, right? Like we have the Mario movie. There's literally, you know, like the Nintendo world part of universal now. I mean, you know, they are starting to branch out. They are a company that first and foremost does, you know, they know what their, what they, what their purpose on earth is, right? <laughs> to make great games. And they do that first and foremost. And I don't think they're ever really going to lose sight of that. Um, and they're showing really at E3 in 2021, uh, I, I think proved the point. Um, again, they really are the only company as far as what they did that I think is worth talking about. Uh, Microsoft had a fantastic showing, partly because, of course, their acquisition of Bethesda um, and Game Pass just, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll just admit it. I don't have it, but I'll admit it. Like, it looks brilliant. And I was actually supportive of it because at a time it was a no brainer deal for the price that it cost. But regardless, uh, that's really going to, I could see where game pass dominates, at least in certain parts of the world. I could really see where that, that just dominates gaming, uh, going into the future. I mean, the fact that it works on so many devices and everything, I mean, it's really, really impressive. But, you know, I mean, the other thing, so a lot of what Microsoft announced, yeah, it was great. Game Pass is brilliant, but it's not coming for another year or so. And that's where, you know, I, I don't think that they won. Okay. It was exciting when they aired their part of E3 because everything else was shit. But then once Nintendo came out and Nintendo announced things that were going to come out in the next, you know, earliest the next month or two, you know, and that we had a, a new triple a title or more or less new. I mean, yeah, there's skyward sword, but you know, a new triple a title basically every month for the rest of the year, uh, from Nintendo alone, that's to say nothing of what other companies are coming out with. I mean, that's massive, absolutely massive. So, and with this episode, I want to talk about some of what, or a lot of what Nintendo announced, um, at E3, because I think it's worth getting excited about. And also for me, it's great to talk about something positive every once in a while for fuck's sake <laughs> when, when the rest of the industry uh, you know, or the rest of the tech world and really even in the video game space, you know, when it's all such a dumpster fire for there to be that one company that just keeps, you know, charging through uh, and, and not caring what, what the rest of the industry is going through is, you know, it's brilliant. It's awesome. And it, it's fun to talk about. Um, I mean, to prove the point, I had a lot of people email me, had some people message me saying, oh yeah, Stallion, I'm getting a switch now. <laughs> I didn't have one before I was happy with my PC, but I'm getting a switch now. And I'm like, yeah, well, there you go. You know, I, how, what, what better measure of success is there? Then suddenly you got people, you know, picking up your hardware. Now there were a lot of people when the direct was going to happen, which I think it was on the 15th of June. There were a lot of people who were, who really take any chance they can to, to attack Nintendo. Sometimes it's justified when Nintendo does DMCA and all that stuff. Look, I don't like it either. I, I'm going to get to that. Okay. Because 
there's a point that bears repeating here. But what a lot of people were mad about was that Nintendo specifically said to streamers online, you know, to influencers or whatever in the gaming space, hey, don't uh, don't like co-stream our E3, our E3 presentation or we're going to take you down. You know, we're, we're going to whatever they're going to have DMCA requests go out and, you know, they're going to kill your channel more or less. And a lot of people were like, oh, this is this is terrible, blah, blah, blah. Oh, Nintendo, your iron fist, your, you know, whatever. And it's it's absolutely clear. Nintendo wanted to be able to show investors just how white hot, um, you know, their E3 numbers would be by having everybody funnel into, uh, you know, the stream where they were presenting it. Right. Be it on YouTube or whatever. And I get that. I'm not saying I agree with Nintendo on the move. Okay, because Nintendo's going to win no matter what. Like, but at the same time, I I hate these like these influencers and streamers and whatever. I, I can't stand these fuckers like at all. Just can't. You know, you want to respond after the fact, kind of like I'm doing now. Okay, um, but you know, sit down and enjoy the fucking show. And and I mean these these goofballs on YouTube. I mean, they look like absolute morons ready to take a cock in their mouth when they're watching these things and they have these, and it's so abundantly clear how fake, you know, or, or scripted their, their kind of reactions are not that they know what's coming up. They don't. In fact, a lot of leakers were proven wrong with the, the three presentation, uh, in 2021 for Nintendo, but you know, they, they just do this stupid overreaction. And I just, I hate it. Not that I need them to be buttoned up and professional or anything. No, we're talking about Nintendo. It's time to have fun, but they just look like morons. And, and also, you know, they're, they're basically leeching off of (laughs) in a very real way. They're leeching off of like Nintendo's creativity and they have none of their own. So fuck them. I, I, I just, I don't feel bad for them at all. No, I don't agree with what Nintendo, you know, I don't agree with Nintendo's iron fist ever. Okay. But at the same time, I don't feel bad for streamers whatsoever. You know, I like I'd love nothing more than for the video game industry to (laughs) to somehow, I mean, I don't want them to get the law involved because I'm an anarchist, but for the, for the, you know, the gaming industry to like tank these people in some way, that's great. Uh, Just like, you know, I'm totally on board with, again, a lot of leaks ended up being dead wrong going into E3. I want to talk about a couple of those, but if I was a game company, if I was Nintendo, and, and I know some of them already do this, right? Like they use, they, they, the leak specific code names, uh, so that they can find, I mean, it's just like a CIA operation. I mean, where they can find where the leak came from and, you know, they'll know that it's bullshit when say some kind of, uh, you know, streamer or leaker or whatever, you know, is, is talking about it. They'll know that it's crap and they'll know where it came from. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I want every video game company to just fuck with these, you know, <laughs> these morons, uh, as much as they can and just totally kill their credibility because in many ways, does it really matter until you more or less have it in hand? You know, like <laughs> it, it doesn't. Uh, so, you know, I don't care about the early leaks and all this. I mean, you can't help, you know, when you go online, you really can't avoid them because even Bloomberg gets involved in it. Right. But you know, if, if, if the gaming industry in general wants to fuck with all these YouTubers, I mean, I applaud, you know, like slow golf clap really, uh, because I, I can't stand these guys really can't. So now the second point I want to get to, I've gotten emails a lot over the years. And even recently, uh, because somebody actually emailed me about the whole streaming thing. That's kind of how I knew about it where Nintendo wasn't going to let streamers, uh, uh, a co-present and you know, I get a lot of, I've gotten a lot of emails where people will say, you know, Brian, why do you give these guys a pass? Like you wouldn't let Microsoft get away with that. You wouldn't let Apple get away with that. You wouldn't let Google get away with that. You wouldn't let any company get away with what Nintendo you know, does. And yet you still keep talking them up. I hear you. Okay. And I don't like it at the same time. Do I give them a pass? Yeah. You know what I do uh, because And I've said this over and over again over the years, every time that this, this criticism comes up, no company on the planet, probably in the planet's history has put more smiles on faces, has brought more happiness into people's lives 
without, you know, any evil, frankly, like without any crazy trickery, you know, or, or, or doing bullshit that, that plays on your, I mean, you could argue video games are all based on behavioral psychology, but that doesn't do any like crap like Facebook does where they purposely crash apps to see how addicted you are, you know, and then things like this. There's just no company out there like Nintendo that has done that. They, there's no organization. There's no government. There's no person who has brought more joy to more people than that fucking company. You bet your ass. I give them a pass because if the purpose in life is pleasure, which I believe, and I consider a fact, then Nintendo is delivering in spades. Yep. It sucks when they do DMCAs. It sucks when they do X, Y, Z, whatever. I'm, I'm when they take down ROM sites, I hate it. Absolutely. Okay. At the same time, like this is a company that has done so much, you know, it's just like, it's like kiss my, my favorite band of all time. It's like kiss people. Oh, oh, kiss does this. Oh, kiss does that. You know, they're complaining about kiss all the time. And it's like, yeah, but when you've done so much for the industry, <laughs> when you've done so much for people and for the, for music in general or whatever, it's like, like, isn't it like, all right, all right, whatever. That's crazy. But come on, it's kiss. You, you know, like that, that's, that's sort of a point that you can get to, you know, where you've just done so damn much. Uh, and you know, if you want to think of it as, you know, instead of respecting them for what they are, respect them for what they were, then think of it that way. But still, yeah, I do give Nintendo quite a pass. I mean, is there a point where that, you know, where I wouldn't give them a pass? Sure. I mean, and really I don't like, I know that these things are bad, but at the same time, they're still delivering the goods. They're still doing more good in the world than just about any other company out there. So there you have it. You don't like it. Tell me about it. Like, give me the argument why Nintendo is just this fucking heinous company. Okay. And then I'm going to ask you, why are you using your iPhone? But you can email, I'm not going to be mean about it, but you can email me and give me the breakdown. So anyway, (laughs) because I guarantee you Apple's done far worse. Oh, let's talk about some of the leaks. Uh, The big one was that, and Bloomberg was even in on this was that Nintendo before E3 was going to announce the much ballyhooed and rumored Nintendo switch pro. And basically there's new rumors for this every week. Now I knew that this was bullshit really. Um, and, and the simple reason is plays into why most of E3 sucked. And that is, I mean, you had 2020 the year 2020 that just fucked the economy. Okay. Um, not only that, I mean, that's why a lot of the game, like, I mean, because people were laid off or working from home, you know, work schedules weren't as, uh, as, as crazy uh, as perhaps they were before then in the, you know, uh, game development, uh, uh, space. And so, you know, like, I'm not surprised that a lot of announcements were for games that even if they had been in development before 2020, they're not going to be ready until 2022 because you just lost for many, you lost that whole year, right? Now we're also in the middle of a massive chip shortage. There is no way (laughs) Nintendo cannot push a new console when there's a chip shortage like this. It's just not, it can't happen. It's not going to happen. And Nintendo is very, I mean, to their credit are about meeting demand, you know, instead of, I mean, and we've seen their playbook change right in recent years, like with the 35th anniversary of Mario, instead of having a shortage, what they're doing now is, is they're putting like a, a they're doing the stupid Disney vault, you know, uh, uh, like constrained time release. Okay. Where it's for a limited time. Like, yeah, this game's only going to be available between, you know, whatever this March, 2020 and March, 2021, that's what they're doing now. Instead of not having enough, they do that. Okay. And they release things physically as well. So it's not like you really lose it other than maybe that re-release of fire emblem. That was kind of weird of the first fire emblem game for an S that they put out on the switch. So they do a limited time trick instead of like a limited quantity. And I, I don't like either game or I don't like either trick really, but you know, you can only produce so much and blah, blah, blah. And would I rather them do limited time releases than limited production? Fuck. Yeah, (laughs) of course I would. That's, that's a far better scenario. 
And it's not like they're saying, oh, you've only got five minutes to get this game. You know, <laughs> like they're, they're giving you a generous amount of time to get your hands on these things. Again, it's the Disney vault trick and it sucks, but it's better than what Nintendo has done in the past. Um, but regardless of that, like, so, so Nintendo's playbook is not to have a limited amount. I mean, why have a limited amount of pro consoles when the switch for, I don't know how many months or years now has been the best selling console. It's, it's beat PlayStation and Xbox and Xbox combined. Uh, for months, at least I, it's over a year. I know. I mean, it might even be two, three years at this stage. And that's even with new con. Well, granted they're, they're running into issues. I mean, if I was Nintendo, I'd be looking at what people are dealing with in trying to get, you know, the latest Xbox or even a PS five perhaps. And I would be saying, Oh, we don't want that to happen. Let's push this off until the chip shortage is done. Right? So there's no way that a pro was going to happen. Even if they were going to announce that it wouldn't come out until 2022, That'd be stupid as well, because then what? You're going to kill all your holiday sales for all these hot new games you have coming out. You announce the pro when it's ready to sell that day. Otherwise, you're going to kill your production of your actual, you know, of, of the, the product that's available now. So I wasn't surprised at all. I couldn't. Be, I mean, I can't believe people still buy into all these leakers and claims around, you know, well, this is going to come out, you know, on whatever date. No, not not a fucking chance. When Nintendo announces it, it's there. And that's, that's the end of the story. Now, some of the leakers may have gotten some of the game announcements, correct? Whatever. I mean, <laughs> that can be kind of easy because you'll see it pop up in certain places. Um, you know, I, I know some people say about the switch pro it's like, yeah, but it showed up on a, on a, on a site, you know, on a major retail site in Mexico that it must've been real or they're getting ready for it. No, no. <laughs> That's like the, uh, what is it? Street fighter five, how it showed up on a Canadian, uh, retail site and it never happened. I mean, and that was like two years ago. And in fact, quick, uh, Doug Bowser, the, you know, uh, president of, of Nintendo of America, uh, he came out and talked about, you know, a lot of the, the switch pro rumors and everything, uh, just, just in the past week. And I, I loved his attitude. He said, I mean, I could pull the direct quote, but basically he's Doug Bowser responded to this and said, you know, cause everybody's like, well, wait, where's the switch pro? We thought it was going to be coming. And he said, look, he was basically saying when we're ready, we're ready and we'll put it out when we're ready. And we don't release or develop new technology for new technologies sake, man, that's the right attitude like that. Oh, if more tech companies had that attitude, how much better off we would be. You know, it's like, no, when we think that a new technology is something that will service the customer that will service the gamer, then we will implement it. We're going to test the fuck out of it and make sure that it makes sense. And then we'll go forward. They're not going to play the, Oh, what's the latest ability that we can put out there? What's the latest, uh, you know, chip that we can put in. What's, can we do eight K? Can we do blah, blah. That's not how they roll. And I love that. Fuck. That's the right attitude about development of hardware and software is that you don't do it just because you can, you do it because it's the right thing to do. Most tech companies do not have that attitude. I mean, really, how, how did they sell the PS five and the, and the latest Xbox, uh, you know, to you, it's like, Oh, it has this many teraflops of whatever, you know, and, and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, but does it have a significantly greater gaming experience than what my, you know, Xbox one had, or my PS four had no, <laughs> or at least not yet. So then what, you know, what, what do those numbers mean? I mean, it's like numbers for numbers sake. And I just can't see getting excited about that. And I'm glad Nintendo doesn't want to play that game. It's like when we have an overall experience that this technology delivers and you can do it the day that you buy it, we will put it out there. Great attitude to have fucking awesome. Uh, again, it's just one, another one of the reasons that I love this company because they really have, I mean, you can say, well, they're shitty about IP. No doubt about it. I'm, I'm not going to disagree with you on that, but as far as their philosophy around everything that they develop and create is pretty much spot on, you know, and we're long past the days of, you know, well, we only make games for kids and we're going to make everything clean. That that's just not true in Nintendo anymore. And I'm certainly glad for that.
So all of that said, let's talk about what Nintendo actually announced. Um, again, some of these games, we, you know, some knew that, that they were coming. Um, but some of these other ones, oh no. And, and some of the releases were ones that people have been waiting, you know, 15 some odd years for. And, and that's no exaggeration. Obviously the biggest announcement, and we'll get into some others, the biggest announcement and the announcement, I think that's going to sell a whole lot of switch consoles. The biggest announcement was Metroid five, uh, that being Metroid dread, uh, good on them for, I mean, they did directly call it Metroid five, but good on them for not putting that into the title, because I think that could have created some market confusion with wait a minute, but I thought Metroid four was getting developed. Well, that's Metroid prime four but there's no need to make it confusing for people, the fans when they boot it up, just like they did with super Metroid. And it said Metroid three, you know, when you boot up Metroid uh, dread and it says Metroid five, great. You know, that the fans are going to know what's up. So this looked brilliant. It's important to understand that Metroid dread has been in development or was in the planning stages, at least since 2006 or so, maybe it was even 2004. Um, but this was already well, you know, in mind when Metroid fusion, which is technically Metroid four, uh, was released for the game boy advance. In fact, I kind of love that quite a bit of the announcements in, in this, you know, in their, their, their E3, I don't know if you want to call it their E3 direct, but in their E3 presentation, we're really playing off of much of the game boy advance. Like, really, I mean, it would have been amazing if we got a new Golden Sun game, but <laughs> I'm sure we'll get that someday. Uh, but you'll see what I mean as we go down this list more, uh, which I I mean, I loved the Game Boy Advance. Nintendo's handhelds have basically always been my favorite consoles, and I think they're always the best of their generations, usually outperforming, uh, at least as far as library, outperforming uh, their desktop brethren. And the Switch is really, you know... Now Nintendo just makes the console that is a console and the handheld. So, it, you know, it's, it's still there and, and it's a great place for um, these ideas that maybe were originally planned with handhelds finally came, you know, finally come to fruition. Uh, but this game looks absolutely brilliant. Um, and it's been a long time. I mean, it's, it's been probably almost 20 years since we had a traditional 2D new, it's important to say new uh, Metroid game. Right. Because I mean, yeah, we had other M for the Wii, but that wasn't exactly, that was kind of 3d. That wasn't really a, a fully 2d experience. Um, you know, I mean, and we had Mega Man, uh, or sorry, Mega Man, we had Metroid zero or zero mission, right. Which was a, a remake of, of one, uh, of Metroid one for the NES, which was awesome. Best way to play that game. So I, I thought this was a real winner uh, to, to bring out Metroid Dread. Um, you can watch. I mean, I'll link to it. I'll link to the entire, uh, you know, E3 direct in the show notes. And you can see, I mean, just what they're delivering here. And this looks like a gorgeous, gorgeous game. We haven't really had this where it's a, a 2D Metroid using, you know, fully realized polygonal, you know, 3D graphics. Uh, and, and I'm, I, boy, I can't wait to see it. I mean, we had, we had Samus returns, which shows just, in fact, the same team that developed Samus returns, which was the remake for the 3ds of Metroid two. Uh, you know, we had that and that looked amazing and that really proved the point that this is possible. Um, so I guess you could say that really Metro uh, that Samus returns is really the first one to give us that, you know, full, you know, really 3d graph or polygonal graphic, uh, version of Metroid that's 2d. That's fair. Um, but this will be like the new one. And then and, and certainly on a much larger scale on a much larger screen uh, or whatever screen you happen to be playing it on. Uh, so very excited about Metroid five and really they could have just announced that Mike dropped and walked away because you know, those that are into Metroid know, <laughs> right? They just know. Uh, and, and they know what it means to them. I, I consider I really consider Metro. I mean, Zelda is also in this ranking, uh, but between like, you know, Zelda, the Zelda games and Metroid for me, they're like star Wars where star Wars was always what pushed me to a new technology. Okay. Um, star Wars is what made me want to have my own VCR, right. With 19, 19 micron heads and you know, everything else I, you know, I wanted to see that as 
in the best picture quality that was possible at the time. Okay. Uh, I did not, you know, I wasn't really into DVD until star Wars was going to be, you know, in whatever form, whatever it happened to be until that ended up like, okay, yeah, that's going to be on DVD. Uh, Blu-ray, you know, I didn't really consider Blu-ray viable until they were going to do the, you know, the major, um, release of the Skywalker saga on Blu-ray. You know, this is back, you know, pre-Disney star Wars has always advanced for me. Like it's always what, what inspires me to jump onto a new technology with Nintendo. I don't always get the latest console. Uh, you know, when, when, when it gets announced, in fact, generally I I don't, uh, because I usually have so many games to play in my back catalog on the previous Nintendo console that I have. Um, the only time that this wasn't true was with, with the GameCube actually. And that's because you had a star Wars game that, that kind of forced me to get a GameCube because I had to play uh, rogue squadron too. Um, but point being is that, you know, Metroid is kind of what always sells me on, okay, now I'll jump onto the new console. I didn't get a three DS until Samus returns came out. but it was you know worthwhile enough, okay, I'll own a three DS to play that. And I think for a lot of people, you know the switch would be the same deal. Now I finally got a switch because of Link's Awakening getting re-released for um, you know for for the switch and you know getting redone. Uh, so yeah, I think for a lot of people, when finally there's an announcement of a Metroid game or the right Zelda game, they will jump on board with whatever new platform Nintendo has going on. Uh, and that's a powerful thing to control both the game that, that, that inspires people to, to, you know, for one company to control the software slash the game that people want, as well as the hardware that it plays on. It's such an incredible uh, position of power to be in, in the marketplace and Nintendo's there. So speaking of Metroid prime Four, Nintendo did also reiterate during their E3 direct that, uh, that they are working hard on Metroid prime four. Great. Um, there was also a little name drop later on about Bayonetta three, that that's still being worked on. We don't need to get into that conversation here, but Metroid prime four excited for that. Certainly. Uh, and it's a pretty good bet that they're going to re-release the Metroid prime trilogy, uh, on, on switch. I hope that they, they can port the entire catalog. And much of it's already on switch via, you know, switch online, but they can, they can port the entire catalog of Metroid onto, onto the switch, you know, might bring Samus returns even, I mean, I still have my three DS and always will, but, uh, I'm fine with that, you know, coming onto switch. There is a, they are releasing a special edition, which they did this with Samus returns as well. They're releasing a special, special physical edition of Metroid dread. Uh, I mean, the pre-orders have basically, if, you know, use a phrase have flown off the shelves, um, already. I'm not, I, I mean, maybe if it were available, I'd grab it, but I'm not really that interested in what they're doing there. Um, I don't really care about physical releases at this stage for the switch. There's other platforms where I absolutely care about physical releases. And I do believe in physical media, but not for modern consoles at all. Um, but, you know, if you can get your hands on that physical edition, the special edition of Metroid Dread, good for you. So let's move on from that. Uh, WarioWare was another game that we got a new release or that we're going to get a new release of. That's that's awesome. I don't really have a whole lot to say on that. Um, I love the Mario games, all of them. You know, I mean, every single or almost every single one of them is just dynamite and best in class. Uh, Wario, you know, Wario's inclusion in any of this or like, say, the Luigi's Mansion uh, games, same deal you know, they're, they're awesome. Um, but they're not something that like moves the console for me. Uh, they're sort of an, you know, after the fact, but you know, I'm great. WarioWare. Awesome. Uh, I think that's exciting. They did show off speaking of Zelda and we are in Zelda's 35th anniversary here of the series. Um, they did show off some footage for breath of the wild two, And it did say it was coming in 2022. I would not be surprised that that gets delayed into 2023. Um, I mean, the, the footage they showed looked great. You know, that that's, that's awesome. And I'm certainly excited for that. Uh, but there's really not a whole lot to say about it, uh, at this stage. The second outside of Metroid dread, the second most exciting thing that they announced, in my opinion, there's really, there's like four things that actually got me really excited. Eh, maybe five. In fact, I'll save number five for number five. And you'll, you'll know what I mean by that. Um, I thought that 
the Zelda Game & Watch, which I was hoping that they would do. And you can actually hear my review if you go back in the podcast feed for Sovereign Tech. You can hear my review of the Mario Game & Watch that they released uh, for the 30th anniversary. Um, well, I guess it was last year. And this one, well, quick, um, if I didn't mention it, Metroid Dread is coming out October 8th, 2021, this year. Again, this is where Nintendo was really dominating because just about everything they were announcing, minus Breath of the Wild 2, was coming out this year, uh, which is really important, <laughs> in my opinion, uh, because otherwise it's been, in much of the industry, it's kind of been a, a more lackluster uh, year, even though Nintendo has a lot of things with staying power, like, say, the new Animal Crossing or whatever. Uh, a lot of people were mad that there wasn't much announcement in that. But then, of course, after the E3 Direct, they did, um, I mean, they did that big, like, three-hour treehouse presentation after it. I mean, but they certainly said, yeah, more coming for Animal Crossing. Anyway, but speaking of things, they have staying power. So there is the Game & Watch for Zelda coming out. And it, I mean, this is a really nice package. Even better, and I expected as much, even better than the uh, Mario Game & Watch that came out last year. Uh, this will be coming out November 12th. I know it's already out there to pre-order. Why? Because I already pre-ordered one. <laughs> and I will drive down just as I did for the Mario Game & Watch. I will drive down to my local Best Buy and I will pick that bad boy up, uh, you know, when it comes out on November 12th. So it does have, kind of like the Mario one did, where it has this like Zelda-themed Game & Watch game in it, you know, where it's just like flipping, doing juggling or whatever the hell, you know, the classic Game & Watch games did. Uh, but there's so much more here. Um, there's the clock, of course, much like the Mario one had, but you're getting, you're actually getting three full games here, uh, which, you know, after seeing this, I'm like, oh man, that Mario game and watch really could have had a lot more for the same price tag, which is $50. Uh, but you're getting legend of Zelda one and you're getting legend of Zelda two, the adventures of link, uh, in the package and having those two games, is frankly awesome enough, just like how the Mario 35th anniversary game and watch had, you know, super Mario brothers. And it also had lost levels, but it also has the original game boy, not game boy color, the original game boy version of links awakening. And that's amazing. <laughs> I mean, what? Like this is a device that you could really spend a lot of time playing, especially if you're not really speed running. Like if you're really exploring the games, uh, this is a fantastic package. If you didn't think that there was enough on offer with the Mario game and watch, I think this negates that argument. I think there's plenty on offer here for $50 and to be in like a singular console and the clock effects look pretty cool where actually it's using some of the graphics from, uh, um, from Zelda two, uh, in it. And yeah, I think it would have been better if they had links awakening DX. Sure. I could complain about that, but I'm not really complaining. I, I think it's fine to present uh, the Game Boy version of that. And I kind of feel like there, there could be, that could be sort of a hint. This is just a guess. I don't have any information on it, but I feel like it might be a hint that we may be finally getting, you know, uh, Game Boy games added to switch online. I know there was a lot of complaints about, about it, that there were no announcements for switch online basically at all during this E3 direct. I agree. That's a little bit of a fail. Um, but you know, maybe we're going to get there later in the year. I mean, again, Nintendo can hold a direct whenever they want and announce things whenever they want, you know, and the world's going to pay attention. Right. And they're also going to open up their wallets. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's fine that not everything that we wanted was in the E3 direct in my opinion. But again, this, the Zelda game watch comes out in November and I'm really, really excited for that. And I'm already pre-ordered up ready to, you know, ready to rock it. Um, I mean, same deal, you know, it charges with USB-C, right? Has the built-in speaker, has the very, very nice tactile buttons, you know, the D-pad, the A and B, all that. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's, it's made just, it made, it's made and looks other than it being green instead of red, just like the, the Mario game and watch. And that was very, very well put together. Um, so, and the battery life on that thing's insane too. So Zelda package, just even better. Um, and it's been a while for me with Zelda two, and this I think will be the way that I'll go after it because there'll probably be a lot of fun unlockables. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if the game boy color version of links awakening was an unlockable. I think that'd be amazing. It, it would have, I mean, yeah, I could also complain. It'd be great if it had linked to the past on it, right? 
then it'd be, I mean, an absolute no brainer because you can play that game over and over and over again. There's so many different ways to play it, but regardless, we'll see what we get, but we have what, what is known on offer with this game and watch is well worth it in my opinion. Uh, so moving right along from that, uh, of course we had some announcements of DLC during it, right? There was the expansion to uh Hyrule warriors age of calamity, uh, which I've already been checking out was a lot of fun. There was also doom eternal. They announced that that day, in fact, this was a, a nice move as well, is that with the DLC, at least they're saying this is available today. You should always, when you're doing a presentation like this, have something that's available right away for people, because you're going to have that excitement fever pitch going on with your, you know, with your base, give something, you know, give people something to go pick up that's new. And, uh, I thought doing the high, the age of calamity DLC, as well as the doom eternal, um, the ancient gods part one, anyway, uh, you know, DLC and making those available that day was a winning combo. That was a really, really nice move. Um, I already had all of that, you know, I already have all the, the season passes and everything. So, uh, that instantly downloaded, uh, to my switch and awesome. I mean, and, and actually ancient gods for doom eternal is insane. <laughs> really, really well done. Of course, really the whole thing opened up with, and not that this does anything for me because I don't really play smash brothers, not on the switch anyway. Um, but they opened up with Kazuya from Tekken being the new character for super smash brothers. Really, really cool. I am surprised considering the, you know, all those like videos that, uh, Xbox employees have been doing, or Xbox representatives have been doing where they had a Nintendo switch in the background. I'm kind of surprised it wasn't master chief. That was the character getting announced, but Kazuya is a nice move. And I'm kind of surprised like that. They went with, Kazuya. I, I, I mean, it's fine. It's a great choice. I love Kazuya. I love the Tekken games. I, I kind of feel like maybe Hihachi would have been a little more interesting, but they already did that with Soul Calibur, I know. But anyway, or Soul Calibur 2. But yeah, I mean, it's just, that's cool. It just doesn't do anything for me. So we'll move on from there. Um, there was the new Super Monkey Ball, Banana Mania. That, that looks really great. I mean, those are always a lot of fun. Um, the one, here's... Uh, so there was a new Mario party game as well. Again, that's nice. I don't know. Not the most exciting thing. I'll tell you what did excite the fuck out of me. And that was the announcement of advance wars one and two remakes for the switch. This is a series that we haven't gotten a, a really a new entry in since like 2008. And that was for the DS. That was uh, advance wars days of ruin. So advance wars or just the wars series, because it all started with Famicom wars back in 88, then game boy wars. And we didn't actually get any of the wars games until the game boy advance in 2001, when we got the first advance wars, it was actually the first game or one of the first games that I picked up for my game boy advance. When I got the game boy advance back then. And I loved it. I mean, it, like it was such, it, it's a tactical kind of a, it's not, well, I guess it, it became more of an RPG. It's kind of a tactical RPG turn-based, but it's also a bit of an RTS and it's brilliant how it brings, you know, those, those genres together. Uh, I love the series so much. Uh, loved it when they came out with battalion wars on GameCube, even battalion wars two on Wii was pretty cool, but they tried to, mix it in with like the Wiimote and it wasn't exactly the best, but the DS games like dual strike. Uh, yeah, that was for the DS and, and days of ruin. Those were brilliant. And the storyline that they brought in were awesome. Uh, doing a, a, a remake and in, you know, updating the graphics. And some people are complaining that the graphics look a little too cutesy or something. I don't know, but I thought they looked fine doing full remakes of one and two, I think is a great way to reintroduce the series because this is a series that has somewhat unique gameplay that I think could take Nintendo into interesting places going forward with a series that other than maybe like halo wars. And even that's more of a real traditional RTS, uh, you know, that, that not a lot of other consoles have available. I mean, yeah, tactical RPGs are very popular and they're kind of all over the place, but Advance Wars brings in a little something special. And so if they want to, you know, kind of reboot this series and, and bring it back in, I think it's a great move and I'll definitely be jumping on Advance Wars one and two day one and I'll be playing the fuck out of them. I mean, because 
and here's here's the real winner with this. Okay, so when back when I played Advance Wars one and two on the Game Boy Advance, I had to sit in the back seat with somebody, and maybe their girlfriend was driving us or whatever, <laughs> and and, I, and we had to play it via the GBA link, right? We had to have a wired connection to play against each other. Uh, Nintendo has confirmed now that yes, Advance Wars one and two remake will have online, uh, you know, multiplayer dynamite, <laughs> absolutely dynamite. Uh, so, I mean, just the amount of fun people are going to have with this is, is really, you know, I mean, just going to be off the chart. Uh, so that was a nice move and it's being done by way forward who of course are behind the Shantae series that I'm a big fan of. Uh, so it's in the right hands and I, I'm really, really excited for that one. Uh, let's see the other one that I'm really excited for. Again, there was a lot announced. We don't have to co- you know, cover all of it. The other two, the, the other two things that really excited me. One was cruising blast. So part of the cruising series, like cruising USA cruising world, um, cruising blast is the latest version that's in arcades right now. If you can find an arcade that's open. And if you can find an arcade that has newer arcade games, good luck, but they're out there. Uh, the cruising series is a, a top-notch racing series, very arcade styled as in it's not Gran Turismo, but just a lot of fun. Um, of course, a lot of people remember cruising USA because it was released in arcades before the Nintendo 64 was released. And in fact, at the time when the N64 was called the ultra 64 and it announced as much, it was really like a marketing tactic to let you know, this is the kind of experience you were going to have on the then called ultra 64, which would later be the Nintendo 64, a brilliant move in my opinion. Uh, but boy, if you're going to do that kind of marketing, make sure you got your console name, right? (laughs) So, so that was a little bit of a fail, but a great series, uh, and and just lots and lots of fun, you know, local multiplayer, this cruise and blast is going to be a great time. Not that, I mean, we have Mario party eight, you have, uh, what is it? Fast RMX. I mean, you have great racing games. Yeah, I know there was no F zero. Believe me. I know. Um, but you have great racing games already on switch, but it can certainly use a little beefing up and adding a cruising game is the right move, you know, because it's, it's a Nintendo property and just, you know, the quality you're getting, even if it's something that you can already play in arcades, Hey, bring the arcade experience home. That's been a winning recipe for consoles forever, you know, for, for 30 years. Uh, so excited for that one. The other one is Shin Megami Tensei five. I know you're wondering, did I sneeze? No, uh, these are tremendous games. In fact, we got the re-release of Shin Megami Tensei three Nocturne, which originally came out for the PS two back in the day. Um, this I'm definitely excited to see this because Shin Megami Tensei four apocalypse for the three DS definitely left me hankering for more. Um, it's a great, just a killer RPG series. I mean, it really is. Uh, so getting the fifth game in that series and that it's being treated well to the West, as it were, you know, it's not just going to be a uh, Japan release. Awesome. Can't wait to play this good, dark stuff, you know, as far as RPGs go. And, uh, it's a series that always excites me whenever there is a new uh, entry. Speaking of dark, there is a re-release coming, not just for the switch. It's also going to be for PS4, but there's a re-release coming of uh, fatal frame maiden maiden of black water that originally came out for the Wii U. I'll probably check this out. Uh, I never had a Wii U. I totally skipped that because there just wasn't enough going on there. Uh, again, Metroid games hmm? and maybe the Zelda games just weren't enough up to snuff to, to, you know, to force me to, to want to get one of these. Um, so, you know, I've said this many times, re-releasing Wii U games is a no brainer on the switch because so many, so few people did not play or buy, you know, Wii U. Um, so great idea. Uh, we'll certainly keep our eye out, uh, for that. So there are other announcements that were made. Uh, worms battle Royale looked pretty cool. I mean, again, there were other things, but those were all, that's all the big stuff. And that all that alone is really filling up your 2021. I mean, you know how many hours you can put into, you know, a shin game. Uh, so I, I just thought it was exciting as fuck. You know what, what they, I mean, yeah, there was things I wish I had heard about, but again, they can do more directs. Are they not doing enough for Zelda? They can, they can announce more later in the year for Zelda. Let Skyward. In fact, I would argue, and others have as well, that 
You don't want to take anything away from the sales, the potential sales of Skyward Sword, which is coming out what in July. And so, you know, like, I mean, announcing the game and watch that doesn't take anything because that's totally separate. That's hardware, right? That's totally separate. Don't announce. I mean, in breath of the wild too. Yes. You have to talk about it because it's going to be the biggest thing, you know, potentially in history. Okay. But don't take, don't announce anything that's going to take away from the sales of skyward sword, the re-release for the switch. So I would argue that after that comes out, like maybe in August, maybe September, we'll get more, we'll get some holiday announcements around what's happening with Zelda. And it will also help in November bolster sales for the game and watch perhaps, you know, for Zelda, then announce more re-releases or whatever the hell else you're doing as far as Zelda goes for its 35th anniversary. So I'm not surprised. I'm not disappointed at all because I think it makes perfect business sense to not take away from the major announcement and re-release that you already have coming within the Zelda series, that being Skyward Sword. So with all of that said, um, I don't think we need to get into a whole lot more here. 2022, probably going to be an even more exciting year. Uh, Is the Switch Pro ever actually going to happen? Yeah, sure. I mean, like what Doug Bowser had to say, I thought was great, made a lot of sense, but didn't negate that it wasn't going to happen. He was just saying, you know, it's got to be when the time is right. Just be patient. <laughs> like what? You don't have enough games, you know, to, to, to play. I, I just don't believe that it drives me nuts when people get all, you know, all crazy about the switch pro. And then when it doesn't happen, they get all depressed. And it's like, really? Like you, you don't have games to keep you, keep you occupied. Like you, I mean, and, and you can't say like, well, those are probably the poor people. No, no, no. Hold on. If you can go out and buy a new console, you can't buy four or five games right now that are going to last you hours and hours and hours. It's just, I guess people just don't know how good they have it. <laughs> you know, Someone brought that up. Uh, I forget who it was. Maybe it was smoke monster. They brought up how you can really tell the difference between people who had tons of games growing up and people who only had a few, like there's just a different attitude. Uh, as far as that goes. And, and I think he's onto something with that. I mean, I don't want to get into a big conversation around it, but I guess we just live in that realm where most people have just always had tons of games. I mean, I do too, but part of the reason I have tons of games is because when I was younger, I, I kind of didn't, you know, not, not at the level that I do now. I mean, I have thousands, literally thousands, and that's not just ROMs. Those are games that like I bought, you know, yeah, sometimes I got them on a steam sale for a buck, but still, <laughs> you know, it's insane. The amount of games I have, there's no way I'm ever going to play them all. Uh, so I just, I don't get it, you know, with, with people, people's impatience, uh, I guess it just speaks to the times, but regardless, as far as the times really go, uh, we've got exciting things coming out throughout the rest of 2021. Yes. If you don't have a switch, it's a hell of a time to get one because some great shit's coming out and a lot of great shit has already come out, um, that, that you can certainly start jumping on. Uh, so I will leave this little E3 wrap up. Uh, again, it was largely, frankly, a depressing wrap up. I, I mean, and who can pay attention to all the consoles, right? I know I have like a very Nintendo bent, but that's partly because it's what I play. And also, you know, if I wanted to cover everything, you know, like every console, uh, a, I don't have the money for that, but B <laughs> I don't have the time. Like who, who the hell has the time to play all those games? You, you know, it's crazy. So this is certainly, you know, the area that I, that I, I concentrate on more. Um, but I mean, the other consoles, you know, again, game pass is really superseding what the Xbox is itself anyway, or the latest Xbox. Uh, so that's, that's a whole different animal and conversation as it is. And one that we've had at times when necessary on the gaming grid. So I'm going to wrap this one up and I will see all of you woo, on the other side. Game over. <laughs> <laughs>